Have you, a friend, or family member ever considered writing a book and getting it published? Well, I have the perfect idea for you. You should contact Wasteland Press. Wasteland Press is a self-publishing book company, and since they started in 2000, they have published over 4,000 book titles. That's right, over 4,000 book titles, and they make money from your book, not you, and they work for you non-stop, full-time. You can sell your free copies when it's all said and done to make an investment off of your book, and there is no other publishing company that can offer that. They provide full-service publishing for you and your book, which includes the cover design and formatting. And they also have a plan that can fit your budget, which includes the basic plan, the silver plan, the gold plan, the platinum plan, and the ultimate plan. If you want to find out more about these plans, you can contact them at 502-437-0860. That's 502-437-0860. And if you want to request a publishing guide, you can contact them at wastelandpress.net. Do it. You won't regret it. Make your dreams come true with Wasteland Press. Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Goffin. I come today in another episode because I haven't done uh I haven't done a podcast since uh since July. And and I haven't done one by myself in quite a bit as well. So and there's been a lot of things going on in the past six months. You know, the college football season started, of course. The college basketball season just started um, a couple weeks ago. And there's just, and, you know, stuff with uh, with COVID as well that I want to get a little bit off topic from sports today. And a little bit towards the end, I want to mention COVID because even though it looks like, you know, that there is a lot of, you know, there's an uptick in cases, there's a lot of good news, especially with the vaccine that could potentially be coming out here. Um here in a little bit and just maybe in a matter of weeks where we can get the ball rolling as far as getting the, the this vaccine out but there is a lot to talk about nonetheless and I want to start with UK football because I think when you know before the season started I think a lot of UK fans this just the general feeling of the fan base I think they felt pretty good about this team because because on paper this team had ha, has the talent to be really good, and I would even venture to say that they had just as much, if not more, talent than they had a couple years ago when they had won ten games. And to mention COVID, you have to ask yourself, and this doesn't even, you know, not only applies to Kentucky, this can apply to other teams that that you know maybe before the season that you would have thought hey they're going to be pretty good this year and then they had disappointing seasons so again this doesn't just apply to Kentucky but you do have to ask a question especially when your team looks like they have talent how much of an impact does COVID have and how much did it have on this season as far as Kentucky because right now they're three and six they play South Carolina tonight at 730 Lord knows, I don't even know how that game's going to go. Of course, we're going to find out. But it's just the overall feeling 
that I have is that that COVID played a very big part in the season. And we knew this before the season started, that the coronavirus was going to have an impact on college football, whether it was going to be canceling games, postponing games. Um, we knew that that was going to happen. You know, the coronavirus had already canceled the off pretty much the off season. It did. And that's why I think, you know, especially when you look at Kentucky and not only Kentucky, but every team, they didn't have a traditional off season. I don't even know when they really had their full-on practices or when they started, you know, full-on practicing like they do. And they didn't have a spring game, which is usually in April, of course. They didn't have summer workouts. They didn't have summer practices. It's just, it was a, a different off season, And Kentucky didn't have that. And when you look at their all-SEC schedule, usually Kentucky plays a couple teams early, like, let's say, Eastern Michigan, uh, Southern, you know, it's been Southern Mississippi in the past. You know, there's going to be Kent State this year. Kentucky plays these cupcake teams. And even then, Kentucky doesn't play necessarily well against them. They still end up winning the game by a good margin, but they didn't. Even, they don't start out playing necessarily well. And when you look at an all-SEC schedule, that also has to hurt them because SEC, of course, is – as tough as any conference there is out there, probably the most tough conference. And starting off, UK usually needs those early cupcake games to really get the ball rolling on how who they're going to be. And the fact that UK had to start this year with SEC teams, I think that also hurt them a lot. Um, so, again, you do have to ask yourself, as a fan, as the fan base... That you know that we had to. I'm not sure that what the percentage of what how how much of an impact COVID had, but I would venture to say that yes, the coronavirus has had an impact on this team, and how they have been able to progress. Another thing about this season is if you were to, you know, put a term that has kind of described this whole season, it's mental mistakes. Just in the first game against Auburn, momentum was shifting towards us to win that game. And now in the first half, we kind of got, you know, Kentucky got screwed by the refs by not giving us that touchdown, which would have put us up 14-8. Again, momentum shifting towards our side. So... Without that being said, we were still in the game regardless. It was 8-7 to seven at halftime. And then Terry Wilson fumbles it. Auburn gets good field percentage or uh, good field advantage. And they score a touchdown. Fourth down, we go for a fake punt. Don't get it. Auburn, once again, good field position. They score another touchdown. So, again, when you look at it in terms of that... You know, it's just mental mistakes. And other, and uh, this has been throughout the whole season. This is mental mistakes have been throughout Kentucky's past history, the the past twenty years plus. Has been there's been a lot of mental mistakes. It's just a fact, a lot of mental mistakes. 
and even before Stoops, of course. So a problem I have, this is in particular with coaching, is you cannot talk about how you feel, you know, as a coach, you know, the coaches, Vince Merrill, our associate head coach and Titans coach, and our biggest recruiter on the team, goes on Twitter before the season and when we we're when Kentucky wasn't ranked in the top twenty five. Talk about feel you know, he talked about feeling disrespected and everybody else on the staff would f- talk about feeling disrespected. And point being is you can't say that and then go three and six. Losing to teams you should beat. Just this year, you should beat Ole Miss. You're on their level. If not if not better, you should beat Ole Miss. You're up 28-14 to 14 in that game. You should win that game and beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss, they are definitely not what they were before. Missouri. You, you've beaten them multiple years in the Stoops era. And they're st- they had a streak going. Kentucky did against Missouri. You go there. You just put an, you know, lay an absolute egg on offense. Only scoring 10 points, Missouri beats you. So, again, you you look at it from that perspective. And it's just, it's it's kind of demeaning because as a fan base, you, you come into the season, you know, look, we're disrespected, we're going to show them. And then you fall into the same old Kentucky stuff and go three and six, make the same mistakes you have as a program for years and do the same stuff. And again, you can't, again, you can just, you can't say that as a program about feeling disrespected and just do this, that same stuff. You just can't. And, and you look at, especially when you look at the, the mental mistakes you look at games against look uh, Alabama. We were in majority of that first half. We were in the game, and there there was a couple of defensive penalties or holding calls against Florida. And again, I mean against Florida, we were also in the game. Uh, going towards halftime, we were up ten to seven. And start of the second half in that game, we give the Florida gets the ball. We give up two straight. It was uh, it was I believe it was face mask calls that pretty much in another one that pretty much leads Florida down the field and to score and pretty much take control of that game. And again, Alabama, we were in that game. We just couldn't come. You know, come. We there was three straight drives in that game where Kentucky drove the ball down the field and they we were in the red zone. And we only got three points out of it. So again, you know, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. Kentucky is. As far as, you know, these games. And it's again, it's just been a problem of Kentucky's past. They've shot themselves in the foot so many times more than I can, more than I can count. 
And and Stoops, you know, I like Stoops. He's been great for this program. He's led this program to heights that many people would have never thought he would have been able to accomplish with this program. And with how he's done it, that's even more impressive. He's at fault for a lot of a lot of these issues. I think especially you yeah, also have to look at I think another issue with this season with the in regards to Stoops is his relationship with Eddie Graham, uh, Kentucky's offensive coordinator. You know, when if you look at if you look at Eddie Graham's resume, he was at Cincinnati before he came to Kentucky. Now Cincinnati had a very in his time there had a very pass friendly offense. Wasn't pass heavy, but it was very pass friendly. They were able to they could and would throw the ball down the field. Now why is it when he gets to Kentucky we're not seeing that. I mean, this year we're only averaging 115 yards passing per game. Put that in perspective. When we had Lynn Bowden at quarterback last year, we threw it. Our total passing yards for the season was about 113 yards per game passing last year. So why is there only from this year to this year, uh, from last year to this year, and we have all the quarterback room in the world now, more, you know, a lot better situation than obviously than where we were last year. While we only throwing it two more yards per game passing. Why? Especially when you come uh, Eddie Grand. Again, his offense in Cincinnati was very press friendly, and that's why people don't like Eddie Grand. People hate Eddie Grand. I feel like I feel like the general. The general general feeling of the fan base, they do they just want Eddie Green gone. And I think, you know, I've had plenty of times where I've wanted him gone. But as a fan you know, you, you, as a fan base, you have to put things more in perspective. You really have to dive deep into this. I don't completely blame him for the offensive woes. Because I believe, in part, Eddie Grant is kind of a yes-man. And this is the kind of offense, this ground-and-pound, having a game manager at quarterback, running the ball, controlling the game, this is the kind of game that Mark Stoops wants to have. This is the kind of offense Mark Stoops wants to have. And Eddie Grant, all he's doing... Is just calling the plays that Mark Stoops wants to call. You can tell me all you want that Eddie Grant is the one calling the plays. But he's not. Mark Stoops obviously has an influence there. And I believe it's really Mark Stoops calling these plays, not Eddie Grant. Because, look, if Eddie Grant's completely, you know, 100% running this offense, you'd see us passing more than 115 yards per game. You just would. So again, I do think that you have to really, you know, look at the relationship between Mark Stoops and Eddie Graham. 
And look, man, tonight's game against South Carolina, I think, I don't know. I could care less about whether or not Eddie Grant is here because, again, I just told you my thoughts about it. But the the to me, based on what I've seen, I've been looking at Twitter, I've been looking at different things online. His job here, Eddie Grant, I think a lot of that's going to depend on how tonight goes against South Carolina. I really do think that. If we go out and our offense looks pretty good and we win and we you know we win, offense looks good. I think Eddie Grand, I think he stays. I think UK keeps him. But if we struggle again in offense, we just can't get the ball down moving down the field. I think going into the, the new week, now that the regular season's over think Mitch Barnhart, athletic director for Kentucky, and some people around the program are going to be having some conversations about moving forward with a different offensive coordinator and moving on from Eddie Grant. Um, that's just based on what I've seen from different sources online. But... Again, you can never trust, you know, what you read online. It could be com- completely false, but I guess we're going to find out here soon. But yeah, that kind of relationship, I think that's a really touch-and-go relationship. I think that is a relationship that, you know, I think it, it it's... It's been a real struggle this season. I mean, I think, I mean, there's been multiple times during this season, um, and just recently in particular, where, you know, you know, Stoops and Grant, you saw it on the sidelines during the game, where they are kind of having a back and forth with each other. I believe that even against the Florida game, that's what had happened when, when watching it. And... I I don't know what they're you know how you know obviously Stoops likes Graham there. I think the reason why and this is this to go more along the lines of what I think that Grant is just a yes ma'am. So I mean Stoops has had two other offensive coordinators here at Kentucky in his tenure. First one, I believe, was Shannon uh, Shannon Dawson. He came from West Virginia, which has traditionally been known to have kind of an air raid offense. Um, he's obviously a pass-heavy coordinator, I would believe, in his play calling. Ended up getting fired and replaced... With Neil Brown and also a pass, someone who wants to pass the ball, he's also fired and replaced then with Eddie Grant. That makes me think this is why I kind of feel that it's not really Eddie Grant's fault. 
that people shouldn't really blame Eddie Grant is because Stoops has had two other offensive coordinators there that were pass-heavy. Mark Stoops obviously doesn't want to do that. So what does he do? He goes out, Eddie Grant, a yes man, pretty much just doing what Stoops wants to do. So, again, that's just my general feeling about that. And to go with, um, talk more about Terry Wilson. Now, he's had bad games this year. He's had a couple really bad games. But, people can blame Terry Wilson all they want. And calling for his head and... Again, the same thing with Eddie Grant. There have been times where I've wanted a different quarterback. Multiple times. But I do think play calling is an issue with this team. And that's why I do not think it's... You know, I don't think it's Terry Wilson. It's never been a quarterback. There have been talks, of course, throughout whether or not it was the quarterback issue... I think the Georgia game kind of confirmed that for me, at least. It conf- you know, the Georgia game confirmed a couple of things for me. Number one, it's not a quarterback issue at all. Because Joey Gatewood got his first start. And I know it's a poor sample size when you're going against Georgia, the one that has one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the nation. But Joey Gatewood, you know, as highly talented as he is, you would think he would put up better numbers than Terry Wilson, even against a better de- one of the best defense in the nation. But Joey Gaywood went out there and put up very similar numbers to what Terry Wilson would have um, if Terry Wilson had started that game. Jay- Joey Gatewood, again, same numbers. Again, I know it's a, a bad sample size considering it's Georgia, but... That kind of confirmed to me that it's not a quarterback issue, especially when you look at highly touted how highly touted that touted that Joey Gatewood is. Bo Allen, on the other hand, I'm ex- and if you look at the other the the the. The future of the program is obviously you look at Joey Gatewood um, and the and Bo Allen. I mean, against um, against Vanderbilt, they gave Bo Allen a little bit of a chance. It, it also, if you notice, the play calling kind of changed a little bit when they put Bo Allen in, who's you know from Kentucky, played at Lexington Catholic. Likes to pass it. His whole series that he was in, threw the ball. But, again, I just think, you know, Mark Stoops, for whatever reason, like, you know, the play calling, he's he's a lot more conservative with the ball than he needs to be, obviously. Because there have been plenty of times where we've been up and the offense is stalled and he just wants to keep it there, the lead, and 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 win and try to win and keep, you know, and not 
be continue to be aggressive. And I think that's been a major issue uh, throughout his tenure, especially this year. Um, having a ground-and-pound offense is only really going to work if you have transcendent guys on your team, a.k.a. AKA Lynn Bowden, Benny Snell. And it also is only going to work if you have a, a, a defense for when your offense stalls to keep you in the game. This season looked like we were going to have a good defense to keep us in the game, but we've also struggled a lot. Uh, on the defensive side. Now there have been games that they've looked impressive. Um, especially against Mississippi State. You know, Mike Leach, a very one of the kind of the co one of the co-founders of the air raid offense. We on defense, we hold them to zero points. It was 24-2, but the only reason they scored two points was because we had to mess up on special teams. And then going out against Tennessee and then whooping Tennessee's ass 34-7, the defense looked great. And Georgia only allowing them to score 14 points. I just, you know, but there are also times this season where the, where the defense looked, you know, kind of bland. But again, no matter how you know good sometimes the defense has been, we don't have those transcendent guys on defense like Josh Allen, Mike Edwards, those guys that kind of carried that defense. We just don't have those stars on this team this year, like we thought we were, we thought we were going to have them, but we just didn't. Kelvin Joseph, who just announced that he's opting out the rest of the season to already go pro. I mean, dude, you did all that, you know, for you, for that, for you all that don't really know, Kelvin Joseph, number one on the team on defense, he was a guy I was very excited about. Very excited going into the season. And he... Did a lot of talking, especially when, you know, when he had to sit out and before the season started, he did a lot of talking about how good he was and and stuff like that. And then goes out and, you know, has four interceptions on the season, which is good. He's had good plays, but he's gotten smoked on a lot of them. And the fact that he's already leaving, man, you know, That was kind of a bust. Because I thought this guy was going to be good. And look, again, there have been, yeah, he has four interceptions on the season, which is is tremendous. But there was, you know, a lot of talking, and then he got mossed, and he got smoked on a lot of plays. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that dude's been a bust. It's just been a major disappointment. The last thing as far as UK football, wide receivers, you know, we just don't quite, the older guys are not quite SEC level. 
There's been a lot of drop passes. This haven't really helped Terry Wilson and co. a lot as far as the passing game. The only guy that UK's really been able to rely on is Josh Ali. And with that being said, I think there are a couple of things that Stoops, you know, whether or not Eddie Grant's going to be here, that Stoops is going to have to work on and change in order to progress. Because I'll say this, having a game manager such as Terry Wilson at quarterback is only going to keep your program where it is. That's just my opinion about it, about game manager quarterback. They're only going to keep you where you are. They're not going to progress it. They're just going to keep you there and win you seven to eight games a year. Maybe if you have transcendent stars on your team, guys that can help push you over the team to maybe every once in a while you win 10 games. But you lose the games against teams that are just better than you. That maybe you have you have a chance that you maybe you'll have a chance with if you have a different you know quarterback that pushes the needle and that is able to throw the ball down the field and they know that they're willing to call the plays for. Um, Stoops needs to get. Stop using the game manager quarterbacks. That's and to his credit, I think if you look at the recruits and you look at the current guys that they're that the you know that UK has and the ones that they're bringing in, I think Stoops is trying to transition to a more pass friendly offense. Well, you look at the roster in this year, Joey Gatewood, they you know, they think he has a great arm. Bo Allen, he's a guy who passes it a lot, who they obviously they feel very good about him for the future. And to me, I'm kind of a Bo Allen guy. You know, I like Joey Gatewood, I like his upside, I like his size, but He's also a guy that's kind of a dual threat guy, such as Terry Wilson. So I think, you know, honestly, though, with Terry Wilson, or with, sorry, with Joey Gatewood, you're going to get a lot of, maybe you're going to get a lot of the same play calling that you get with him that you got with Terry Wilson. Maybe with a, you know, a full off season to work on some of the things Maybe that changes, but I think right now, of course, with Joey Gatewood, you get a lot of the same play calling that you did that you did with Terry Wilson. Bo Allen, on the other hand, his in his only series against Vanderbilt, again they threw it f- major like five times. So obviously the play calling changed there. So again, I think. I'm kind of a Bo Allen guy. I know they're probably going to start Joey Gatewood coming next season, but I think Bo Allen is the guy 
for the future. And again, Stoops is trying to build to, I think he is trying to transition to a more pass-friendly offense. Because again, we got, we had four wide receiver commits. One of them just decommitted, unfortunately. But we still have three very good guys coming in that are going to, that are supposed to come in and help this program succeed and progress further. And the younger guys this year, I mean, we got Isaiah Cummings, who they feel good, you know, who they feel good about. Michael Drennan, who some have dubbed Michael Drennan. He hasn't had a lot of playing time, but some of them have dubbed him as the next Lynn Bolden. Yeah, Cahill Branham, I think is his name, who you haven't really seen and you haven't really talked about, but he's also a guy that people felt good coming into the season about. And you got guys coming in for next year. Dakel Crowdis from Kentucky. Very fast. Very, you know, 5'9"-ish guy. 5'10", who's going to be able to outrun and hopefully gain some distance. They feel good about him. Um, you know, uh, Christian Lewis. These guys coming in for Kentucky, they're expected to be the future. And, you know, again, the guys currently on the team, they're expected to be the future. And I think if there's any consolation, Stoops is trying to build to a an, a pass-friendly, you know, a team that can and will throw the ball down the field. I do think... Again, to salvage this season, there are a couple of things. I think not just to salvage the season. I think you need to win tonight. I don't think you can. It's going to be very hard to get the fan base back on board when you come in tonight. If you lose, you go three and seven on the season, and. <laughs> You don't get a good bowl game because I know that's going to be a thing this season. Everyone's getting a bowl game. Um, you know, I don't. It's going to be again. It's going to be very hard to get the fan base back on board. If you win tonight, try to win convincingly. Because I mean, look, South Carolina is going through a lot of major issues right now. They just got rid of their head coach. Their two, the top cornerbacks on their team had opted out. We should be able to pass, not even pass the ball, we should just be able to have a fluid offense tonight. That can move down the field. We need, look, Kentucky needs to win tonight. Then be 4-6, and six, get a decent, not a decent bowl game, but a bowl game that's respectable. And try to finish the season five and six. I think that's the goal right now. In order to look tonight, win convincingly, have a fluid offense, decent bowl game, win that bowl game, and try to, and that way you can at least provide hope for the future that things are going to change, especially on offense. I think that's the goal. Look, and also, I think the offense needs to look different. What do you have 
I mean, as Kentucky, you can't look. You're already three and six. You don't have much more to lose. Things can't get possibly worse than than they have gone. Do something different. Prove to the recruits. The prove to the wide receivers. Prove to all these offensive guys that are coming in, and and to the, the the guys now that are on the bench as freshmen who are expected to be the future. Prove to them. More importantly, our three wide receiver recruits that are coming in, you know, expected to be good. Prove to them. Prove to the fan base that you are trying to move forward. That you are trying to lead this program to different, to, to different and better things. That you are at least that you're trying to do something to help out this program and help it progress further. Because I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to survive in this SEC. Especially, you're not going to be able to, not just in the SEC, but you're not going to be able to survive against much any team much longer if you can't pass the ball. Or are unwilling to pass the ball. You're just not going to be able to do it. You look at the, you look at how college football is going and it's transitioning, transitioning to a more, you know, Pass friendly heavy offense. It's very tr- it's that's becoming clear. You look at Tua Tagovailoa's first year starting in Alabama and how explosive that offense was. Last year with uh, Joey or not, uh, yeah Joe with Joe Burrow at LSU and just shattering any type of record that there was. On offense, and you look at this year with Florida, and the look and SEC and around, everybody's kind of converting to this pass-heavy offense, or at least pass-friendly. You're not going to be able to survive much longer just doing this ground-and-pound game. You're just not going to be able to do it. So again, moving forward with the program. Just show us the fan base, show people within the program who the recruits who are about to be in the program. Prove to everybody, just show it. Show a glimpse that you are trying to move forward. And those are just my general thoughts about the Kentucky football, the season, and moving forward. Kentucky basketball. Well, actually, do a little bit on UL football. Not going to talk about them much, but I just want to mention them a little bit. I mean, these guys are, what, two and six, three, same record as UK. Don't have a very tough schedule, okay? The, th- the only thing I'm really going to say about it is before the season, UL fans were thinking, look, man, we might go 10 and 1. With a chance to compete for the ACC championship, many of them also thought they were going to go undefeated. Say so what you want about the UK fan base, but none of us were predicting us to go eight and two in the conference. 
None of us. UL fan base thinks before the season starts they're going 11-0. Even beating LSU, they're riding off the high of Coach Scott Satterfield's for you know turnaround eight and five season, and just to go out this year, their defense still awful, offense didn't improve at all. I actually think they regressed a little bit from last season. And you look at that, and you think, look for Louisville fans that might listen to this. Look, it's going to take a while to rebuild. You can do it easier, of course, in the ACC, but just look at Stoops' time at Kentucky. He didn't have a good first couple years, but it took years of rebuilding, getting the players that he needed. And look, they went 10-3 and and had a very successful season. They've been on the, you know, Kentucky's been on the up and up for years, you know, for years. They're still just trying to push through getting to the top, but they've been really good. Um, you know, especially with Kentucky's ten and three season a couple years ago. But with Satterfield, I think Uvell fans have kind of learned, and I hope they've learned that this season shows. Look, number one, the defense still sucks. It's still it's they still need time to rebuild on that side of the ball, even and, and even then look, their offense has been decent, but at the same time I think that they actually regressed. No one improved. The defense, man, that's again that's just going to take years, and that's why I I find a much amusement from this season with Uvell was because. People were expecting to already just, you know, for the team to be there. But you need years of recruiting the guys that you need. You need years of development to really be on a consistent level where you're winning a lot of games every year. And Georgia Tech's not very good this year. They're even rebuilding, and they hanged a 40-piece. You know, they're scoring 40-plus points on your defense. A game that really, in all honesty, UVL should have won. But that's all I really say about UVL football. UK basketball just started, and the first game of the season against Moorhead State, I was very optimistic after that. This team was going to be great defensively, and they are. I think they're an elite defensive team, but then come last Sunday, they lose to Richmond, and then. Just absolute offensive tragedy, tragedy, and coming into Kansas, a game that you know looked like we were going to win, and then and it's another offensive issue. Now I think, look, this is a very young team. I know Cal Perry, uh, John Cal Perry says this every single year, is that this is a young team. They have ten new guys on this roster. That's going to be tough for any coach to try to put that together and try to. And especially in a, in a season that's kind of been, you know, that's going to be kind of affected a lot. Just like the college football season, that's going to be, you know, affected a lot by the coronavirus. You know, it, 
with that being said, this offense kind of worries me. And, you know, there are a couple things that particularly, you know, worry me is the, number one, the free throw shooting. The free throw shooting is kind of giving me PS, you know, PTSD flashbacks from a couple of seasons where free throw shooting has cost us the game. And we haven't been, you know, our free throw shooting hasn't been very good this season. And again, giving me flashbacks from years before where we weren't able to knock down free throws. Last couple of seasons, though, I mean, we've kind of been, you know, great, you know, you know, spoiled by having guys that been are, you know, have been able to make free throws when they count. I mean, last year we were second in the nation in free throw shooting. This year, obviously not going to be there as far as free throw shooting, I don't think. Just our shooting in general, three-point shooting, we've, you know, we haven't been able to make a shot. And the players, you know, guys who are expected to be stars like B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark, they haven't been able to knock down a shot from the outside. They, they, they haven't. That that worries me a lot. And again, I know they have ten new guys, but we should be playing better. You know, Richmond, look, Richmond, don't get me wrong, they're a solid team. Definitely should be a top twenty five team. They are good. But you shouldn't be getting, you know, losing by double digits to them. Especially when you are Kentucky. You just shouldn't. And normally I'm not optimistic about these things. And I look, I do feel optimistic because I know what's Cal. His team's early, aside from a few that you knew, Dan, these te- these guys are going to be good starting out. Cal's teams always struggle a little bit at the beginning. And they always get ready by the time March Madness rolls around. They're always, they usually find their offensive footing around January. Not just and just their footing in general. They usually find it in January. I know that that's usually the case, but there's just a couple things that kind of worry me, and I hope they get better. And if you've seen anything with Marks or not Mark Mark uh, with John Kyle Perry over the years, it's that he usually figures it out, and the team usually figures it out. And I'm hopeful that they get better. You know, they've been playing the last three games without Keon Brooks, who's pretty much the only the guy from last season, you know, who came back and actually got minutes with John Calipari. And, that, and, and that, this is another thing to think about, is those two, the ten new guys coming in, they're having to play together without, without having playing a single minute on a John Calipari team. So I'm just saying... It, it, there's been struggles. They're one and two. They play Georgia Tech tomorrow. Hopefully, they look better. But you know, I think what you want to see this weekend is just the offense. You know, making threes and make just make shots. Just have a fluid offense. You know, just like the football team. I think what you want to see tonight, uh, and you know, against South Carolina. 
is a game where, you know, we just want the offense to look better and we want to win the game. I think tomorrow is very much the same. You want the offense to look better, fluid, and, you know, try to move on to greener pastures. Uh, A couple more things about basketball, about, you know, UK is, you know, I think going forward until – I haven't really been impressed Mm -hmm. with Devin Askew. I've been really disappointed with him. Now, he's one of our freshman point guards. You know how Cal usually feels about them. I think right now, especially when you have Davion Mintz on the roster, who's a seasoned guy. He's a veteran. He's an old guy on the team. I mean, he's only 22, 23, but he's, you know, he's the old guy on the team. And Olivier Saar, I I think for as young as this team is, you have, you need all the, the, the veteran leadership right now. And that's why I think Devion Mintz, who's played pretty okay, needs to start over Devin Askew, at least right now. Until we get, you know, until Kentucky gets Keon back, until Devin Askew improves, they need to have the seniors on the team starting. They just do. For the time being. Maybe we'll see that tomorrow. Maybe not, but yeah, that's gonna be that's to be determined. But that's what I think Cal Perry needs to do going forward. Um, and look, this is guys. This kind of leads me to my talk about coronavirus and football has been affected. You know, they've been affected enough with about you know, especially the coronavirus has affected them enough. College basketball season, I think there's as far as the coronavirus is concerned. It's different because this vaccine coming out, that kind of changes changes everything. Especially when you look at the NCAA tournament in basketball. Right now, it's looking like it's going to be held in one place, which, number one, I think they should do anyway. But, you know, they're worried about keeping it and because they can't look just from a business standpoint, they can't lose in the NCAA tournament for a second year in a row. They just can't. They cannot because just just because there's too much money involved. So, but with the vaccine coming out, that I think that kind of you know kind of helps you know the NCAA tournament from staying where it is. You know from that. You know, that we are going to see and NCAA tournament in March. I, I feel pretty confident in that. But to talk about this vaccine, you know, I have, there are a couple thoughts. Number one is, look, I think it's freaking great that a vaccine is coming out. They should be getting approved. It should be getting approved here soon. And there's, you know, was reading an article today that once approved before the end of the year we can get 20 million people vaccinated 20 million now i'm going to go ahead and assume that that 20 million people are people who are at risk people in hospitals people in nursing homes 
just those people, who people who are susceptible to it. 20 million people, I feel like that's a lot of those people. Now, this article also said by February, by the, mm-hmm. well, in general, by the end of February, we would have, the United States would have had, will have 20, 200 million people vaccinated. I think that is great. Absolutely great. Um, if you get, that's, you know, two-thirds of the, of pretty much two-thirds of the country, of course. And the thing that bothers me is not the vaccination, but the people reacting and, you know, talking about how well, I'm going to wait until, you know, until people take it so that, you know, we know that there's nothing wrong with it. Look, I get that. I get it. But at the same time, this has been a tough year. The fact that there's even a vaccine, you know, that, that there's a vaccine that's over 90% effective that's coming out within a year is impressive. It is. Because normally vaccines take years of development. And the fact that we have one that's about to get improved by the FDA and that, you know, we're going to get about. Looks like we're, we could get 20 million people vaccinated by the end of the year. Look, man, I think that's impressive, and I think that's a good thing. But at the same time, people acting like, you know, a vaccination. I just feel like people, you know, anti-vaxxers piss me off anyway. But I don't know, man. If it means, if this vaccine means we can go back to normal as soon as possible, I'm all for it, man. Like, I'm going to be first in line to take it. And I'm just looking forward to when we can start moving forward with this, you know, with this, with the coronavirus. Because it's looking very much like we can get pretty much the whole country, you know, vaccinated, you know, before the summer. That's what it's looking like right now. And it's looking positive. That that's looking like it's going to happen. So. Just be. Look, I just. If you want to wait and see how it goes at first. By all means do it. But I would encourage everybody to just. Get. When it comes out just eventually get it. Because. I want to go back to normal. And. it's look, It's been a tough year. For everybody involved. Everybody. And I think right now, we should look forward to the future. Things are looking good that, you know, that we're going to, you know, eventually move forward with this thing in months. That This is all going to be over soon. So don't be negative about it. Just be positive about the future. Be optimistic about it. 
like I'm trying to be about the basketball season, about UK football's future. Just try to be optimistic. With that being said, I thank you guys, you know, if you do listen to this podcast, I thank you guys for listening. If for, you know, I know I haven't been necessarily, you know, doing a lot of episodes recently, but, you know, especially considering I haven't done one since July, but I, for those who listen, for those who listen, I really do appreciate it, and, um, I am glad you are. This is, I still, I'm going to try to, as the basketball season continues, going to, and that, you know, I have a little bit more time on my hands, going to try to get more episodes out there. And especially a lot more, I'm going to do more with Tim and probably do a little bit more writing solo for me. Um, But we will see. But again, Last thing going forward, just be positive and, you know, it's been a tough year, but we're seeing the light. Things are looking like they're going to get better and just be safe. Look, there's not going to be many more months left of this, the coronavirus. It's eventually going to look like it's going to be eradicated. Be safe out there. Until next time, I'm Tower Golf, and this has been the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Just want to thank you guys again for listening to the podcast, and if you want to follow us on our social media, you can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Sports Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Man Cave Sports Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Man Cave Podcast. We're uploading stuff every single day. You should definitely check it out. And again, thank you guys so much for stopping by.